Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers, episode 10. This is a podcast about board gaming in the uh, in the Sheffield region and the, the Sheffield Board Games Club that we that we go to. And we play lots of different games there, so we're going to talk about some of the games we've been playing recently. We've got with us today, we've got Samuel. Hello, Samuel. Hello. And we've also got uh, Tom from Redwell Games as well. Hi, Tom. Hello. Thank you both for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the games that we played at the club recently. And we have a question of the week, which is, are there any games which everybody loves but you don't like? But before we do that, I just wanted to talk about uh, quickly um, a, a book that I've ordered from Amazon. Uh, this is called The Board Game Book, Volume 1. So it's a bit of a bit of a generic title. <laughs> it could be called anything, but they called it The Board Game Book. Um, I think this was a Kickstarter, but you can buy it on Amazon now. You can buy either a physical copy or you can buy uh, a Kindle version. I've got the physical version. It's a, it's a really nice book. It's a, an A4 size, so it's quite big. It's a hardback, and it's split up into sections. So there's a, a light gaming section, and then a medium section, a heavy section. Uh, there's a short short section on storytelling games. So in there, you've got likes of the um, detective games. You've got Fog of Love, things like that. Uh, it's got a sort of short section on RPGs, so it goes through those. And then there's a short section back on uh, miniature gaming like warhammer things like that but it's, it's mostly about board gaming it's a good it's a good read it's really good it's got it's got lots of artwork so we all know that you know the artwork in games is really good these days and it's got a lot of photos of of the actual uh, board games laid out and the cards and things like that so it's good to flick through it's also quite got quite a lot of text as well so there's quite some uh, good explanations of the games and how they work it's got some interviews with the designers with the artists um, there's all sorts of information in there. It's really good. So yeah, it's a it's a really good book. It's a it's a good um, a good read, and um, lots of uh, lots of great artwork in it. The photos in it are really really brilliant, uh, really well taken, really colourful, and they really show off the you know the artwork that you can get in games. So it's uh, yeah, it's a good book if you want to have a look at something or if you want to give a present to someone who's into his board games. Uh, I can recommend that a lot. It's uh, the board game book, volume yeah, one. Yeah, I had a chat with Owen Duffy at uh, Tabletop Scotland because he was there with the book then. Um, and he'd also taken it to UK Games Expo and sold out. So I believe it, um, it's had to have a reprint because the initial print run completely sold out. Or, or at least it is getting close to them. But I think it has had a reprint since. And they're obviously working on um, the kickstarted the second one, I believe. Yeah, I checked on um, on Amazon earlier, and there were still copies available, so it's freely available. So yeah, I presume there is a reprint. I should have mentioned the authors. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Owen Duffy, yeah. Matt Thrower, Terry Litorico, and Richard Jansen Parks mm-hmm. are the contributors to the book. And yeah, this is volume one, so hopefully volume two will be available soon. And uh, yeah, if it is, I'll, I'll definitely pick that up. They've kickstarted the second one. I think they're in the process of compiling. Oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would suspect yeah. that June time for UK Games Expo, they will go along with probably Volume 2 and um, hopefully come back with um, as few as they came back with last time. Um, it, it, it was gorgeous. Well, yes, I'm, I might pick one up, we'll see. <laughs> but I believe it's also available as well as Amazon, your, um, your favourite local game store as well. I've seen it in Fanboy 3. I wouldn't be surprised if Patriot Games in Sheffield has got it and other places. So I've mm. seen it stocked in your local game shop as well. Because it, it's just a great resource to go to, really. 
Um, well, I shall carry on the book theme because yeah. um, I'm currently reading uh, a book called It's All a Game, um, A Short History of Board Games. Uh, and that covers the whole the whole range of board games. So early chapters are on things like chess and backgammon. Oh. Mm. Um, there are chapters at the end on things like Catan and Pandemic and the, the modern board gaming thing. And I've just been reading a lot of the, I've just been reading things about Scrabble and Cluedo and Risk and Monopoly and all that, that kind of era, the you know the twentieth century era. Do you have it with you, Samuel? Because I was going to mention a game later on, which. Um, originated in 18, in 1943 called Animal Husbandry, so it'd be interesting if you've got it in there. It's, well, it's downstairs. Um, oh, okay. Then don't, don't run and get it. <laughs> I, I've, I've not finished reading it yet, so it sort of does... Each chapter's kind of related to a, a game or mm. style of games. They're like war games and risking one chapter, for example. There was you know, a chapter on chess, chapter on mm. backgammon, etc. But it's, it's a really nice book. It sort of gives you, you know, a good history of each game without going into a million details about it you know it gives you all the all the basic info and everything and it's, it's, you know, it's re- really easy to read you know it's not dense at all um, it's by Tristan Donovan it's hardcover sort of A5 size um, I got it from Waterston so it's available in uh, just in ordinary bookshops mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the gaming section is it more text based is it uh, yeah it's all, it's all text there's, there's, a, there's a little right. bit of a few pictures in the middle of, of mm-hmm. uh, a few games Hmm. including a thousand people playing Catan at Essen a few years ago <laughs> it's a massive thing so it's uh, but yeah it's quite nice it's a good uh, history on more of the family board games but there is like I said there is some stuff at the end which I haven't got to yet on uh, right. board game board games well hmm. as we've done the games of Christmas present the games of Christmas past um, talking of which um, the books of games of Christmas future I've um, got and been flicking through at points. There's the board game design advice, um, which was um, edited by Gabe Barrett, um, and has got interviews with game designers and just it interviewed. I don't know how many hundreds um, of designers, and they fill answered all or a selection of his questions, and you've got that sort of information all compiled into one book. I think it's very much uh, a flick in and dip in, dip out, because it is mainly text mm. with the odd little bit, but it's black and white, and it is very much a dip in, dip out book rather than sort of as pictured and luxurious as the other two, but very much useful mm. um, for me anyway. But And moving on on that theme, I saw you last weekend at Patriot Games at the um, playtesting session, Samuel. Yes, I was there on the Saturday playtesting session, which... I think worked very well, apart from the fact that there was also a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, I think it was, going on around us. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, what, sorry? Yu- they had a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, I think it was, uh, going on. I thought you said Yo-Yo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Tournament going on, because yes. we, we were upstairs in Patriot. So I think having it on a Saturday works well, but like I said at the time, we need to try and find a Saturday when they're not, <laughs> they're not doing something else at the same time, ideally. Yeah. But it was nice, I played various games there, including one of my own. Uh, shorter one. Um, I made up quite a lot of shorter games. Really, it was, that was, the, was that kind of event. And they were all they were all very good, without exception. Some had mm. things to work off, so they were, you know they had different, slightly different stages, and some had more things that perhaps needed to be sorted out than others. But they were all you know they were all very playable. They all had solid foundations for games as a games. So yeah, yeah. I, I was there with my son. Uh, but it was a bit too noisy for him to want to take part in the playtesting stuff. So I'm sorry I didn't yeah. join in. He was 
distinctly against totally. the noise and then play testing with the noise because I mean damn you can yeah. I mean honestly yeah it's, it's just one big room into it yeah. there's a big room upstairs yeah. and uh, yeah it could be quite noisy and I guess. We had, they had one table downstairs as well which was yeah that looked annoying, nice but it seemed to work well, you know, somebody on with, uh, had, had a game down there for a while it was, I think he was doing a longer game mm-hmm. so that worked alright and then he came upstairs a little bit as well it was fairly busy, you know. It was always games to play, test, and yeah, it's always it's, it it's always nice going to Patreon. I like them there. Yeah, yeah, they're very friendly. And you're moving house, Tom. I am. I will no longer be residing in Sheffield. I'm sorry. I'm abandoning you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! I so know. yeah, somewhere else has to put sure. up with me. <laughs> so I'll, I'm moving to Gloucestershire, but um, I have found a nice um, gaming group in Gloucester itself and I think there's one in the nearby town of Stroud as well um, okay so um, but I've also been spreading the gospel to the school that I work at um, they have um, wargaming on a Thursday which normally means kill team one week and painting the next week well I've been corrupting them on the alternate week with painting mm. I've been bringing along my board games collection so okay. um the last time we played Cracks of Quedlinburg, previously I'd brought along Santorini and it was great fun watching a year nine completely spank the IT teacher that helps at Santorini. <laughs> Neither of them had played before, but yeah, the year nine had won two out of the three games and just embarrassed wow. the <laughs> IT teacher. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll still be involved in gaming in one way, shape, or form, if not in Sheffield. I hope it all goes well. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. And also, with the box in the house up, I should have remembered, going to Aircon in a month's time for the third time. So I'm massively looking forward to that. Um, I first went to Aircon for a few years back, um, and so this will be the third time in a row. It's always a great convention. It runs for three days buckets of gaming happening and it runs into the evenings so even if you are have a stall and exhibit exhibitor like me there's still plenty of time to get on with things they run a quiz can't remember this friday night or saturday night that i've always joined in with rock up find people you've never met before and do the quiz with them sometimes there's people you have met before as well admittedly um and um generally done mediocrity mediocrely in the quiz because I clearly don't know enough um, up-and-coming popular games or uh, classical ones, but it's always a giggle. Yeah, I was I was there for a day last year um, helping out, helping Tom out actually on his stall. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, enjoyed it, got a couple of playtesting of my, one of my games as well, bought some games, had a look around, it's good. Mm. I haven't quite decided whether I'm going to go back this year, still sort of, I'm quite trying to sort this out yet, I'll have a look. It's it's coming up to that convention season, isn't it? We uh, we've had had the Christmas break and then up to the run up. So it's been it's, there's not been that many, but they're starting to yeah. There'll be a few, won't there, over the next few months? I think. Yeah, there's um, there's been one in um, I think it's Scunthorpe a couple of weekends ago. You've got Concord um, beginning of March. Aircon. There's more of a war game show, but it's based in Sheffield called Chillcon also in mm. March. Um, but I think Aircon is the... You've got... Um, I think it's un, um, Handycon, I think. Is that January? Or is that December? I can't mm. remember. Um, but yeah, there's there's yeah. a few. But I feel that Aircon's the first of 
the bigger ones, if that makes sense, where you've got yeah. several thousand people attending. The others are, are nice and they're great, but they've got a more focused, um, whereas Aircon I consider to be of the big conventions. Mm. Okay. So uh, moving on then, so we'll talk about some of the games that we've played that we played recently at the club. Um, so one that I've played is a game called Ethnos. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, from uh, pa- uh, designer is Paolo More. He plays two to six players. It's from 2017 and takes between 45 and 60 minutes. Uh, the artist is John Howe, and you might know that name. That may- name might seem familiar because he does a lot of the uh, Lord of the Rings illustrations. So he's been a-, a really big artist for a long time. Yeah, I've. Oh, he's brilliant. He. Uh, it- I've I've actually got the Lord of the Rings, the cooperative one, you know, the Ryan Knizia one, and that, the artwork by that uh, that's by John Howe as well. But he does a lot of like um, illustrations for books and things like that, and he's a really well well known artist. But the game the game itself is a kind of an uh, an area control game, uh, controlled by playing cards. So you've got some uh, a deck of cards uh, made up of different races. And each race has a special ability, and it's made up of different colours. Within each race, you've got all the colours as well. So when you try and play cards to take over an area, you can play all of the same colour or all of the same race, and then you can put one of your tokens in that in that particular area to try and control it. You're aiming to get more of your tokens in there than than the other players. the uh, The good thing about this though is the uh, race powers that all um, all work together to to help you accomplish these goals. Mm-hmm. So on the board, each area has a set number of points, and you can work out, you know, what other people are going for and things like that, depending on what cards you're picking up. But the racers have special abilities. So, for example, I think we played with the Centaurs, which lets you play uh, a warband to take to take over an area, but then you can immediately play another another warband, another set of cards to to put a token into another into a different area. Uh, there are halflings, which are uh, you can't put a token into an area, but there's loads of them, so they're good for building up your your card sets to play into the board. There are, I think, there are trolls that we play with, and they help you break ties. So if you've got the same number of uh, tokens in an area as another person, if you've got more trolls in there, you you get control of the area because you you can break ties. And there's all sorts of different races in the box. I think there's about eight or ten different races, and you can mix wow. them, match them in each game. So each game feels feels different mm. um so i i really liked this we we, we played uh we played it with well I played it with a few different number number counts and it go, it does go pretty quickly with six players it, it's maybe just over an hour with six players but we played uh, a three player game and it took us 20 minutes oh, wow. <laughs> which is really good and then we, we just um we just reshuffled the cards out and then played it again so we played two two games on the drop uh, but I've played it five player and six player as well, and it's just as quick. It's maybe a little bit longer, obviously, with more people. But uh, mm-hmm. the 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 good thing about it is the interaction with the all the cards. Um, so if you've got a set of cards in your hand, there's some face up on the table, and you're picking these up, so people can see, oh, he's going for the trolls, or he's going for the giants, or whatever. So I'll try and do something different. Uh, but you might not be picking it up for that. You might be just picking it up for the color. So you might play that color card with a different set and do, you know, a different ability. So there's a bit of um, a bit of trying to read your opponents, a bit of area control, trying to take over these these um, areas. Um, yeah, it was really good. I really I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a uh, looks really nice. The artwork on it's really good. Um, like I said, the artist is a is a really well known artist, so it looks great. It's got like little plastic um, tokens that you put in the in the areas to keep keep track of who's got what where and uh, yeah it's really really good 
I uh, quite enjoyed it. I've just looked at its weighting, and it's only a weight of just over two out of five. So it's that that night. The nice level that I can think yeah. that I might um, dent my mortgage a little bit to add to what's getting <laughs> shipped because I think that's I you know I either got to play kids games or something. My wife will play now. That looks like something. Hmm. She she's not a so a, a heavy game player, but that looks like that's the nice kind of a. It's pretty because I've been in trouble for getting things that are not pretty in the past, and B, <laughs> the right kind of waiting for her that she'd want to play. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those games where the rules are like really simple. You can either, on your turn, you're either picking up cards or you're playing cards to put a token in an area, and that's it. So it is, it is straightforward, but it's the interaction that causes the complexity, and, and that's really good. Um, and like I say, if you, uh, if you have the same... If you have the same um, races in each game you can get to learn those and learn the, the abilities and stuff and then when it gets a bit boring that you can swap in another race and put a different one in there to, to change things up a bit so yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's really good yeah I've, I've played it once mm. um, quite a while ago and it, yeah it was nice Doesn't yeah very well, uh, but, like I said um, not too long <laughs> yeah, yeah it's fairly it, quick it was very play. quick playing yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you guys what have you been up to what you've played uh, well we'll go back to last weekend at um, Patriot Games um, mm. and so as I said my son didn't want to go upstairs to play um, any of the playtesting things so he went and made use of their library and picked up um, a copy of Zombie Kids and took that um, and so tried it downstairs but took it upstairs played it up there and he's fallen in love with it and he decided that actually he wanted to spend his um, birthday money and picked up a copy. So I've been playing a lot of that. I mean, more or less every day after school and all this week <laughs> on half term, it has been, can we play another game of Zombie Kids? So it's a it's a really good kids game. It's aimed at 7+. plus. It really hits the mark because he's had friends come along and play it and pick it up. And they're not quite as um, indoctrinated with gaming as obviously my son can be. We've got up, it's a, um, but it's a legacy game as well. Um, and so we've opened the eight out of 13 envelopes because he's been so keen to push through it. It is by um, Scorpion Mask Games. Um, the designer is Anik Lobet or Lobet or apologies if I've got the name completely wrong. Um, and it's been imported by Cold Cold Spring Games, but really nice. Um, The gameplay is very simple. You are one of a group of kids trying to stop zombies getting into the school. In order to stop the zombies getting into the school, you've got to go to the outside um, gates and lock them, and you need two of you to lock the gates. Each round, you roll a dice. That tells you which sector the zombie's coming in, You then um, get to move, and if you move to an area with zombies in, you kill them. And if you then move, if you've moved to an outside area and there's someone else there, you get to lock the gate. Now, there's a few extra elements in there. If there's three zombies in an area, if you're in that area, you've got to leave it, and you can't enter one with three zombies. And so it starts off very simple. You start opening envelopes. And it adds more rules. So you get um, the characters get to do different things. The zombies do different things. And I'm trying not to spoil the legacy elements too much. <laughs> but it is a nice, but for kids, 
it increase it teaches you the rules as you go along it gives you um, missions to achieve so as you open up certain envelopes you'll unlock new mission new rules and also new missions and if you complete a mission you get to put a trophy symbol on the track so you put a brain if you play a game and a trophy if you achieve a mission in that and you also get a mission group so and some of them are very simple so the first game it was just me and him and so we achieved the mission win a game with two players very simple um, but then you've got a case of um, win the game with only six zombies and you normally start off with eight so if you're taking 75% of the zombies it obviously ramps up the difficulty and that gives you different targets to aim for and I think I'm just really impressed with the gameplay the fact that it is nailed to kids abilities really really well it gets its target audience fantastically um, and the artwork's beautiful as well so um, yes so it's a it's a cooperative you're all, you're it, all it's working a cooperative legacy game yeah. yes I should have said that sorry yeah. um, you versus the zombies um, but it works really well. What, what a brilliant idea for a for a game, a kids' um, legacy type game with different envelopes and things like that. that. Must be like really exciting to you know once you've played a game and you get to open uh, an envelope with some extra cards in or a box or something. Uh, yeah, no, he, he really enjoys it. Um, he had his friends, two different sets of friends, played it this week. Um, one seven enjoyed it. The other what on is um, 8 and 11 and again they picked it up so really does work well with kids so um, that's my top tip for parents <laughs> well it, it did win People's Choice Awards for Children's Game at UK Games Expo last year and also Jeu Denet at Cannes last year so I think mm. other people have cottoned on that it's a bit good mm -hmm. so. is, is it is it just for kids? Do you think it's too simple for adults to play? Um, Alas, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there, there probably could be ways to make it a bit more complex, but um, it is designed for getting kids into learning co-op games, learning how to cooperate in a game and achieve certain objectives. Because as a seven-year-old, my son just wants to go and kill the zombies. And then when he realises that by just focusing on one thing, they've overrun the school... Um, yeah, it, it hasn't achieved what he wanted to and he's lost and so therefore having the different mission objectives to aim for really does help him learn different skill sets so it's, it is good for learning more advanced gaming for want of a better um, description so yeah, um, and the other game, I played a couple of games on Sunday with some friends um, I played Galaxy Truckers for the first time um, and it's an interesting game to my mind. Um, it's a very basic principle. Um, each player has a board, they, um, and you've got a period of time, I think it's about two minutes or so, where you grab tiles from a pool, um, grab one, look at it. If you want it, keep it, put it onto your ship, and if you don't want it, put it back. And in this time period, you've got to put your ship together and then um, once um, the timer has run out and someone has called time, then you set 
um, you head off on a voyage through the stars to, um, and you turn over event cards to see what happens, what um, cargo you pick up, what pirates or meteors or all those kinds of things that happen. And it is, I think, to be fair, a Marmite game. I enjoyed it, um, mm. but my friends were definitely being gentle with us because they'd played a couple of times. But myself and Rachel, first time playing, and we definitely needed the time. It's, it, it benefits from playing a few times. So, you know, what are yeah. the kind of mm. things to be looking for? What kind of events to expect? Because yeah. when you don't know what you're doing... You put together a ship, and it doesn't matter how much sort of preamble and kind of background other people who've played before can give you. There's nothing that beats jumping in and doing it. And, it, and it's a decent game, but you've got to be happy with the pressure of, I have got a finite amount of time to grab the guns or the rockets or the um, cargo spaces or the um, different... Um, crew compartments and put them together on the ship and then make it perfect and make the joints like there's lots of things going on at once in time pressure situation and my friend Rachel played the game but she went not playing this one again didn't like it enough. <laughs> um, I'd quite happily play it again but I can really see that it is something that practice massively massively helps compared to yeah, other games I think yeah yeah yeah, I actually played this one recently at the club as well, and um, the one that we've played, it got a couple of the expansions thrown in, mm -hmm. so luckily I, I played it before and I was okay with sort of the mechanics of it and how it worked, but if you're, if you're going into it, you know, playing it first time, you've got some of the more advanced expansions in where, you know, some of the tiles do different stuff and that can make it a bit a bit uh, over the top, but I quite liked the pressure, the pressure of actually, yeah, like yeah. I said, that time limit of building the, the ship up and trying to get everything in the right place and the right number of shields and the right number of batteries and whatever else you need. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were playing that with me, weren't you, Rick? I think that was my copy. Was it, I can't remember now. <laughs> I did it after we played us all. Um, yeah, because yeah, I've got it and the first big expansion, um, and I really like it. It's sort mm. of a, it's it's a bit of a it's quite a silly game in a way. It's all about it's kind of a game of building terrible spaceships and then getting them blown up by various things. Um, and just laughing as people's spaceships get destroyed by yeah. meteorites and guns and things, and <laughs> because they're <laughs> failure to build them properly, and you've got bits hanging off, and you know you take a hit in the wrong place, and half your ship falls off. It's a you know it's not a terribly serious game in that sense, mm. um, but I really enjoy it. And uh, one of the favourite things that the big expansion added, well, this is the first big expansion, uh, is the Rocky Road cards. So you draw two before you do each other the runs where you go through the cards and they make, they generally make it harder so you get oh. things like you know a, a meteorite will destroy you it'll hit something and it'll keep going and hit the thing behind it as well um, oh, wow. or you'll have if you get hit if a battery gets hit it explodes and takes the things out or just, it makes it much worse and the things will more likely to just explode and fall off which is really adds to the entertainment value and well, and the difficulty value we had we had one where we, we'd gone through the entire run and we had to go through the entire run again backwards mm. <laughs> just, to, just to make it that bit harder <laughs> It affects everybody though, doesn't it? It, it they're like they are bad, they are really bad cards, but it kind of affects everybody the same way. So there's no advantage, like for a particular person. It just yeah, it's no. across the board. But yeah. it's I quite like those because it's for me the fun of the game is sort of seeing you know how destroyed will everybody's ships get and will it all just fall apart and was it was it your ship that ended up with was it your ship that just ended up with literally the middle left and that was it yeah. at one point yeah 
Yeah, Rachel Bless um, didn't have time to build her centre up and a meteor strike cleaved the two critical elements and, yeah, she ended up with half a ship. ship. Unfortunately, it was the half a ship that didn't have any rockets. Ah, which is fine until you get to an open space thing and then you... Which was fine until open space, whereupon you become a spectator. Yeah, she was a spectator, was not thrilled by that. And I think... It is one of those elements that, you, playing it once, you would go, ah, I really need to protect the middle bit because this is what the numbers yeah. are going to crop up with. Um, I also like the fact that whilst you're building your ship, if you've got the confidence to look at the event cards that are, you can look at, you can get an yeah, idea of what's going on. Them, yeah. I just got rather annoyed with myself because I did the sums incorrectly. I went, oh, look, I've got lots of guns on the sides and at the front. That's going to be enough to beat the things that are coming along that you need a total of eight guns. Fantastic, I've got that. Anyway, it comes along, I went, ha-ha, I'm going to get this. We counted them up and it's like, damn, that's seven and a half. (laughs) Because because it's half on the sides and you just go, there's lots of guns there. Clearly that's going to be fine and just miss it by half a gun. It's like, ah... Yeah. But that, as you said, it does add to the fun of where you go, haha, I've done it correctly, it is beautiful, it is perfect, I'm now um, losing half my crew to um, scavengers, they've just slaved everybody, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, because because of the speed element, you can't build it perfectly, whatever you, no, no matter what tiles you pick up, you, you're never going to get a perfect ship, so that yeah. time element really restricts you as to what shields you put in where, and there's bound to be mistakes happen, even if you've played it a few times. Yeah. I think what you're saying is right. If you've played it a few times, you know what to expect, and you know what, what you need. And yeah, that's, that's definitely, definitely helpful. Experience but, does. Um, yeah. even, even if you've played it a few times, there's still going to be little things that you know, you're know you not going to be able to accomplish that leave you vulnerable in certain spots. Yeah, I mean, experience certainly does help. I mean, I've, I've sort of learned from experience not to put the crew pods next to each other because there's a card that means if they're next to each other, you lose one from each place mm. um so i'm going right i'm not going to do that in case that card comes up mm. you know and now i'll need lots of guns and lots of engines and you know you've got to have red storage for the red cubes etc etc mm. so there's you know experience certainly does give you you know knowledge for the later games of how to do better mm. but I, I think this one there is uh, a big jump between first time round and second time round. oh I yeah, had, yeah you know my first round I went, oh, I've got several crew um, compartment, so, sorry, several cargo areas, but I didn't have a red one thinking, well, you know, I don't have to take that. And then things came up where my only option was a red, and it's like, ah, I'm not picking up the red cargo because I can't. And I since, and then for second and third round, I went, I'm making sure I've got at least one, because whilst I may not, yeah. because that tends to crop up that it's there as an option, and you can still use the red compartment for something else, so I completely looked up, looked it up for the third round I played. So it's, mm-hmm. it is that learning element of there's a big jump between first time I think and second time. Yes, you're going to get incrementally better, but a lot of learning first time round mm-hmm. that will really help your gameplay. So yes, um, so what have you been playing, Samuel? I have been playing Spare Off My Birthday, which is Underwater Cities, which is by. Vladimir Sushi, if I'm pronouncing that right, who designed things such as Last Will. It's much it's one to four players, so there is a solo mode. Um it's it's quite a long complex one, it takes 
probably two to three hours or more to play. Certainly at the higher player counts. I think the box says 40 minutes per player. But it's, I mean, it's, I think the game it's been most closely compared to, uh, compared with is Terraforming Mars. Um, and they do share some, some matches in your sort of, you know, you're building things in both games and there's a bit, a little bit of tableau building in this one. Not anywhere near to the extent of Terraforming Mars. Um, but you do get a few cards in front of you that give you bonuses and things. And it's to do with, you know, terraforming and since terraforming a previously inhospitable environment, in this mm. case under the water rather than the surface of Mars. And they're both similarly kind of long and complex. But it's really nice because, again, the core gameplay is, is fairly straight, it's fairly, it's fairly simple. Um, on your t- you'll have on your turn you'll have three cards in your hand and you'll you'll play one card and use one slot sort of worker placement style. Um, but the cards in the slots are separated into three different colours. Um, and so generally you're trying to play the same colour card as you as the slot you're using because then if you do that you can use both the card and the slot. Mm. If you have a different mm. colour card you can only use the slot um, effect ability whatever. Um, and also you can the other crucial thing is that you can do the, the slot and the card in either order as well. So you can use things that you get from the slot to play with the card, for example. So the actions will be, you know, getting resources or building a city or a tunnel or some of the buildings and things like that. Um, so it's about how you can combine those. What, what, which of these cards do I want to play? Which of the, which, you know, which of my card actions do I want to do? Which of my, which of the slot actions do I want to do? And then some of the cards give you extra actions that you can use if you use certain slots. Um, you get to play one of those. Um, and then. Three times during the game, there's some production, um, so you get more resources and points and things. There's four rounds in the first year, three in the second, and three in the third. So it's ten rounds in total, and you get three actions per round. Um, and then there's production after eras, after each of the eras, which gives you more resources and points. And then there's some final scoring, centering largely on there's a few special cards in the middle of the board that you can get with a certain action or two that are largely focused on, well, there's sort of some that particularly, especially focused on endgame scoring, and then some which are a bit of both um, in a separate pile. Um, so there's that scoring at the end, and then you get you get scored on on your cities themselves as well. There's a large part of it. And there's a few other bits. You take turn your turn all your resources to money, and then that goes to points. But it, I I think it's really nice because it's I mean it's obviously a fair fair few components. I think it's one of those kind of games. But I like the com- the the um, combination of the cards and the slots because there's quite a bit of thinking about. Well, I quite like to play that card, but which of these which of these five slots do I want to go and do that card with? Which you know, which mm. actions do I want to combine? Or do I want to do this one and that one? Do I want to? And then you get new cards at the end of your turn. You always draw a card, and then various other cards will give you more. But you've got to obviously have this go down to your hand in it. But so there's always options and things. You know, often quite a few. Um, and then the, the there's a little you can fight for turn order as well because that that doesn't just move around at the start of each round. It just it changes according to a little track. Which you can move up and down on, and which will get you a couple of other bonuses as well. But yeah, the fact that there's, you know there's three different colours and the cards and the slots thing is, is a really nice mechanic. It sort of mm. gives a lot of thinking. Right, and you, at the end, of course, you get this little city that you've built up mm. um, out of you know, these sort of three little plastic domes for the cities, um, and uh, you know tunnels and little sort of circular tokens for the buildings. They're not again plasticky, crystal thingy type thing with the different colours, which is quite nice. Yeah, so I saw you playing it, and I saw the board kind of being built up with the little, the little yeah. round domes on it with the tunnels and things. Yeah, it looked nice. Yeah, yes. The like different strategies that you can go for. Then can you do? Can you like go for a certain a certain type of building or? A little bit. You a little bit. I mean, you, you do get 
some sort of special metropolis tiles on the outside of your board and one of those is like a final scoring one so that's one thing to aim for obviously there's the final scoring special things at the end which will convert certain resources into lots of points rather than if you would normally get or you know points for types of cities or whatever because there's two types of cities one will generate points in um scoring and one won't um and so there's a few you know as if you go for i've sort of you get a lot of points in if you've got each you know, if, we, if you've got a city with all with all three building types around it, you get the most points for that city. You get six points for that compared to mm. sort of two or three or four for having less of the types. So, you know, getting a lot of those can get you quite a few. I had five of those in my last game, so I got 30 points from all of them, which is quite good. But equally, if you then have, you know, because you can upgrade the buildings as well, if you've got two upgraded buildings of the same type in a city, mm. you get extra stuff when you produce. So that can be quite helpful. If you've got loads of those, you can be getting... Because some of them produce extra produce points as well, so you get a few points that way um, as well. So it kind of depends. Yeah, a bit what you want to do. And, and was there enough to do? Was there enough to actually think about on your turn and to do on your turn to cover the you know the, the time that you were playing it? Were you, were you kind of invested in it for the full time and enjoying it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, doing yeah. things, yeah. Definitely were, um, yeah. There's, you know, you think about which. Like I said, you think about which card I want to use, which slot. Then, you know, what, what do I want to do after that? And of course, because the slots are work placement, you might lose the ability to go to a particular slot um, as well. There are some abilities that like to use closed slots and things like that. And in a four-player game, there's a particular token where you can copy a slot that's already been used mm-hmm. as well. So there's again, there's ways of you know around that. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never felt sort of stuck for anything to do. There's always a way to get resources or, you know, cards that got your discounts and things. So you never, you never sort of stuck because you didn't have any resources of any type and that kind of thing. There's always seemed to be things to, things to do. So, I mean, there's perhaps not as many different, ta- you know, ways to do things or ways to win as, as there are in some games. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's still sort of satisfying to play because, for me, because of that combination of the cards and the slots is, you know, it's very satisfying when it, it, you know, I can do that card and that slot and it allows you to do loads of stuff. You need to be quiet and play that card, so I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this action, which is on a different card to build something else, and I've got the card I play, which is going to do this, and yeah, so I'm just going to upgrade that, which means I get this, blah, 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 which is, you know, it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to and give it, that a try. It looks, that that thinking element, it's, I'm just going to have to find, um, you know, come back to Sheffield and play it with you, or yeah. find other people. Uh, Tell you what, if you go to Aircon, bring it with you, and I'll give you a game at some point because it does look like an interesting game to play. Okay, I'll uh, hold you to that. And my my girlfriend really likes it as well. She's quite into her games that involve building things, so she likes that one. Yeah, it's, it's usually satisfying, kind of building up stuff like that, isn't it? Is it? Have you played it two player as well? Yeah, we played two player, which works fine. Yeah, it works okay. Yeah. Did you, what would you say? Is it one to four? Yeah, one to four. Yeah, so it's a four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four players. Yeah, you wouldn't want more than that because there's a bit of downtime with four. But uh, right. So, question of the week is: uh, Is there a game that everybody loves that you don't like? So the pro- answer to this is probably yes, because <laughs> not everybody <laughs> likes the same kind of games, and that's absolutely fine. Um, we're not saying that these are bad games or that we would never play them. We're just saying that you know, for our for our particular preferences, we'd rather play something else, or you know, it might be something that's not to our taste, and that that could be for any number of reasons. It could be down to the the theme of it or the mechanics it might be like a particular mechanic that you don't like it could be just down to the art style that you don't like or something like that some people like you know have uh, really like kind of all these games and obviously get played at the club so for me probably something like Avalon is one if uh, that's one that yeah. was played regularly at one point at the club like every every time we went down at the kind of end yeah. of the night game 
Uh, it's not not being played as much recently that I've no. seen, but there there are a lot of social kind of kind of games out there, aren't they? And party yeah. game type things. But and there are there are people who just don't like that kind of game, which is fair enough. I know I know a few people who just don't play those. For for me, I, I mean, I'd, I'd still play it. It's not something that I would definitely say no. I'm not going to play. I'm going home or something like that. You know, what I mean, I yeah. still join in and, and play it. It's not that bad that you know. I'd say I just refuse. Mm. You refuse. Uh, but if there's something else on offer, then I'd definitely go for the go for the other thing. What What about you guys? Have you guys um, noticed anything that other people really like and you don't? <laughs> yeah, well, um, one one for me that I'm I've. I'm not that keen on, but I know a lot of people like um, is Seven Wonders, mm. um, which I've now played. I think about three times. Oh, that's that's one every, of my favourite games. That I love. Yeah, that game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, but every, I played it. I think about three times, and every time mm. my brain just got blah <laughs> with all the different things to think about. It's just like I don't know. You know when you to get the cards draft, you've got to think about what what might I want, what might the next person want. Mm. Have I got the resources to play each of these cards? You know, am I trying to take like that type of blue card? Am I trying to do I want that kind of yellow card? Do I want what colour card? Do I want to try and get some of? Do I want to go for science? Do I want to go for this? Do I want to go for that? I'll try and go for this one. No, that didn't work because they don't anymore now. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the first year or age or whatever it's called is is generally okay, but after that, it just just gets there's just too much to think about and too many cards and too mm-hmm. many everything's and blah. my brain just can't cope. <laughs> so I've sort of gone. I don't like this anymore. I've yeah. played it over three times. I've just gone and basically not really enjoyed it that much each time. Yeah, there, there are some games that I've just played once that I thought I'm not not too fussed about them, and maybe yeah. maybe it may be the case that you know if you play it a second or third time, then you might enjoy it a bit more. But yeah, you definitely yeah, I mean, uh, definitely try it there. <laughs> yeah, another one. And, I had and like I said, that's any... fine. Even if people like really like it and it's a popular game, is you know, it's yeah. not everybody has to like the same thing. It'd be it'd be a boring world if everybody liked the same game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one I yeah particularly did. Um, just thought I'm just not fussed about that one. I'm not yeah. really going to play that one really. I mean, another one I played that was I played once and just really didn't like was Escape from the Alien, Aliens in Outer Space, which is a hidden movement game. And I was one of the um, aliens, or whatever that's doing the attacking, mm. and I just had no idea because a lot of the time, you know, you, you'll move and you'll have a, you can lie about where you've gone. You you, you move, and then you put a card that says you've only got to tell the truth, or you've got to lie, or you don't have to say anything. Mm. Um, so I'm going. Well, I've no idea whether you've lied or told the truth. I mean, you can kind of work it out if you know if they suddenly jump about a bit. They'll tell you something's a lie, but mm. it's like well, I don't quite know where you are. And then they don't say anything. It's like, well, I've, I don't know where you've gone now, and it's, this is just stupid. <laughs> is, that, is that the one with like the dry erase boards? You get like a map. Yeah, I played it once. And just, yeah, yeah. But before, I mean, only about half of the game, I just got completely fed up. I just basically stopped even trying because <laughs> I was just like, I don't know where you. I know roughly where you are, but that's it's not very fun. I was like, well, I yeah. think you're over there. I'm going to try over there, but it's kind of it's very. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Yes, and then uh, actually another one. Um, that I've played and didn't like was uh, was Keyforge actually, um, which I tried a couple of times. Then got a couple of decks and played it, but I just found it was I don't know. I mean, I, I played four games and lost the ball, which doesn't help. But um, I found it was quite swingy and quite you know whenever you try and do something, you're just whenever, oh, whenever I tried to do something, yeah. I just got yeah. it just you know my attempts just failed or whatever. I mean, I had I had one cause one game against my mum. Um, obviously, you got to get to six. Ember, whatever it is, to unlock a key. And I, I, after, at one point, 
early on. I was on five Ember and she was on none. Mm. Um, at the end of my turn, at the end of her turn, I was on none and she was on five. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> what's the bloody point? I mean, I'm nearly there. Oh no, suddenly I'm really not. I mean, that was perhaps a slightly yeah. lucky combination. You know, it's not gonna every time, but I was like, oh, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's too swingy. I can't. I don't know. I just didn't like it. It, it is, yeah. I've, I found that a little bit as well. I couldn't, I I couldn't, read, I couldn't plan or do any kind of strategies because I just kept getting every time I tried to do anything, even though my decks were you know potentially strong. I was just like, oh, I'm just getting smashed. That's now ruined and blah 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 blah. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you you play creatures out and there's cards that will like wipe out all the creatures on the board and like you said, st- uh, you know, it's, it's it's too it's, it's yeah. Get rid of all too, the ember. It's too swingy, like I said. Everything yeah. changes too much, too fast a lot of the time, and you can't really. I can see where you're coming from. I don't know. Um, I've played um, Keyforge a number of times as the sealed deck. Of yeah, ones, you can do the, that. Which is, I think, one of the nice things about it compared to other CCGs. But there is definitely a benefit to having mm. played before and play, either played online and other things like that. I've got somewhere between six to eight decks, and you can also play and you can pick up an absolute stinker of a deck, and you're going to have a torrid time. I've got one deck. Yeah, some some are better than others, aren't they? Definitely. It it is crap, frankly. Um, And and so if your experience of playing has been with one or two pretty shonky decks, you're going to think that it's utter bobbins yeah I mean I, I thought my decks were reasonably strong well I'm not, I mean I don't know I've not played much but it, it, it seemed alright certainly one of them seemed particularly good but or seemed particularly good I don't know if it was but even so uh, mm. there's and there's definitely learning how your deck works as well but I can also understand why you're going to just go don't like it and and there is there are bits I've played the third one I think is it Age of Ascension, I think, is the third um, but okay. version where they've got two new races come in, and they've added mm. new things for that. And I've struggled a lot more with the new races that have come in. So I liked um, Call of the Archons, the first one, um, whatever the second one's called. But the third one, I'm struggling with more. And some of the new mm. abilities that have come in, and I'm just going, it just seems to have unbalanced things, to my mind. Yeah, there's a th- um, yeah, it's they've dropped two of the races. They've added two new ones in, and so I like the fact that they're changing things in that respect. But yeah, there was just parts of it where I was thinking, not so keen on the new bit personally as well. So I put I put a message on Facebook to see if anybody had uh, um, uh, given us some games to talk about, and a few people have replied. So Paul mentioned Cards Against Humanity, Flux, and Munchkin. Yeah, they seem quite popular ones that people do or don't like, depending on their... They're quite they cropped up a couple of times. Fl- Flux is a bit of a strange one, because I think it depends on the theme. Um, I've got a couple of Flux decks, uh, and I quite, I quite enjoy those, but I did play... Uh, an Adventure Time one, and I don't know anything about Adventure Time, I don't know any of the characters, and I just felt that that game was a bit boring because I didn't know okay. any of the theme, or, but the, mm. I'm happy to play the Fluxes you know, that, I, that I own because I know a bit of the theme. So Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy Game of Flux, so I, do, I do like a silly game. It, it is, yeah, it's not it's not like hugely strategic. Or I've got a couple of decks, and they're quite nice. The Monty Python one's quite nice because the, the, the nonsense theme for Monty Python fits it quite well. And is it all a bit silly? But I think some of the games are... Like Flux, like um, looking at lists, some some people have said Monopoly as well. And there was a time when I loved Monopoly. 
but I think there are the games that you you play and you move beyond. And Flux is there is a an element of skill, but a lot of randomness. Similarly with Monopoly and some other things, and and it's okay if it get if games like that where there is a bit of skill but a lot of luck, and they move on at a fair old pace. Both Flux and Monopoly can drag, and you can get to a point where you've gone beyond the enjoyable bit, and it, you're just trying to get to a resolution. And you can't do anything because the luck element is then kicking in too much. Yeah, same with Munchkin. I used to play Munchkin a lot about six, seven years ago um, and really liked it. And I've not played it much in the last sort of few years because I've you know, on to sort of bigger meta games, if you like. And I do know a lot of people who really don't like Munchkin. That is quite a divisive one. But even so, there's putting out to be endless mm-hmm. expansions of variants of Munchkin. It's very popular in that respect. But I mean, mm-hmm. I just quite like the idea of having the whole game which is in a couple of decks of cards. I thought I did quite like that part of it. Yeah, there weren't millions of tokens where I think it was literally just two decks of cards, which is quite nice. And I had, a, you know, bought various expansions of variants and I've now slimmed it down quite a lot. But that, again, there's a lot of luck in there in terms of what happens. You know, the game can drag, you can just get stuck if you've got really low level with no items. You just can't do anything for ages. Um, so it can take forever <laughs> if you're unlucky. Fiona mentioned any bluffing yeah. game. <laughs> so that's just a blanket, any bluffing Uh I guess things like Show for Nottingham, <laughs> things like that, perhaps, she means. Yeah, and Evan's mentioned all social deduction games, so... Well, I suspect, though, if you know that there's something that you really struggle with, um, you're going to want... Because you feel, I'm not going to play something that I know that I'm not just a little bit weak, but very weak with. I remember playtesting Six Gun Showdown with some people and said, look, I'd like to help playtest, but I'm mm. so poor at one element that it's just not going to be fair. And I think... You do have mm. the social deduction games with someone else mentioned, Evan, um, or a bluffing game. If that's really something that you're going to struggle with, it doesn't matter whether it's the best crafted, you know, whether it's One Night Werewolf or Avalon or Resistance, and whether it's yeah. well enjoyed and crafted perfectly and got these nice nuances. If it's using a skill set that you really can't cope with, you're not going to like it. Yeah, so just let me think of another one I don't like, which is Perudo, which is a dice bluffing game, which, I, I, again, it, like, as you, exactly as you just said, it's a skill set that I'm not very good at, yeah. um, so I just don't enjoy it. Um, I've, you know, I had it when I was a lot younger, actually, and just didn't enjoy it at the time, and played it again once last year, and did you know, I still didn't enjoy it at all, because I just, like I said, they're going... I don't know how many, you know, you said... Six threes. I've no idea what anyone else has got. I have no idea what to say. <laughs> I don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. I, it doesn't work with my brain. Well, I don't know. This isn't fun. I'm just guessing. I'm basically guessing at random. Is what it felt like to me because of how my brain works. You know, you've got Trivial Pursuit. If you're not great at knowledge retention, you're going to hate the Trivial Pursuits or quiz or memory the games just because you just go, that's not my kind of thing. I found that. Um, some of my friends don't like playing Legendary because someone wants to play it every week without fail. Thank you very much. And I think they they like the game, they own the game, but just get worn down by it. So I think that can also Mm. happen, that someone loves it too much that it wears you out. I think that can be a problem sometimes, that you just played it too much and think, I'd really like a different flavour of game this week. Uh, Polly mentioned uh, King of Tokyo, which I can see. It's uh, dice-based, isn't it? So a bit of luck involved. 
Um, it's quite a lot of take that, quite a lot of interaction and player yeah, elimination. So yeah, yeah, I can understand not that the one. most complex either. Um, Alex, cards against humanity. Yeah, I don't know what the ch- bleep 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 they mean. <laughs> Again, yeah, that's a divisive one. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like cards against humanity, and I've got my own, I've got an enormous set of it with um, customized quite a lot of them to to me. So I suppose that obviously that biases the enjoyment a bit, but. Um, it's something I've played loads and loads and loads. Um, but again, you know, it's not for everybody. It's, it's, just, it's a, you know, a certain kind of humour that you're, you're making the game's humour kind of thing rather than making your own humour. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's not for everybody. And, you know, obviously it's quite close to the bone with a lot of the cards. So. Uh, Carla Marina mentioned Monopoly and Jessica mentioned Resistance again, which is another social deduction. I'm going to talk about the two that I'm going from a kid's angle again. Um, my son has been bought at least two or three different versions of Kaplunk. And currently, there's mm. a point of, come on, please, can we not have more plastic tat? Um, which is smile sweet, but, but it is. And, and they just <laughs> take the, the size of box for what you get in there. They're not doing anything new, but it's a case of, you've got, I've got a monkey one, I've got a Spider-Man one, there's up-team ones in the shop. And I can see its place to an extent, mm. but it gets too much. And and you do if you, um, and again, it's focusing more away from the kids. You've got the games. My son has got one which just does my head in, and it's a toilet game where you flush the handle and and it may squirt at you, and you've got all, and <laughs> I, I, they're, they're, it's like that's not a game. Oh, that, yeah. that is. A, a version of, you know, it is a dare <laughs> thing, basically. It is a random probability dare, and it's yeah, a bit of yeah. fun, but it's, it's yeah. overpriced plastic pants, frankly. Whether it's a toilet, whether it's pie face, and, and, and it is the greatest thing, but it's like, no, this is just making you look like a complete and utter wally, and there's better ways and more sophisticated ways to look like a wally. But unfortunately, <laughs> if you are a seven-year-old... <laughs> It's brilliant. Um, and unfortunately, I've not been a seven-year-old for a while, so I don't quite get to the joy of a toilet squirting yeah. you in the face. Thank you very much. Um, but moving away from the sheer random chance prank came, I got my niece a game called Super Farmer the other year. Um, and it looked really nice. It was um, sold at Coil Spring. Uh, I think it might be by Blue Orange. And it was based on a game in the 18... 18- 1940s, um, called Animal Husbandry by a Polish mathematician. And I thought, it's got great pedigree, you know, seems really interesting. I played it with her um, over Christmas and I went, I can't believe I got you this. And and the, the issue is not that it's not a bad game, it's just the fact that there is one tactic to use and if you deploy that tactic, it wipes the game out. And it is just a case of you just go hell for leather for rabbits. You get as many rabbits as possible. Yeah. And that's it. It becomes... And as soon as you realise that that's the trick, it becomes one-dimensional, and then it's utter, utter rubbish. Yeah, I, I was exactly like you. I got given it by a... I got a Hungarian copy from some Hungarian friends and did exactly that. I played it for a bit, then realised that you just need to get rabbits, because I think one of them did that. And then I was like, oh... That's it, right? I've kind of worked that game out. I don't really enjoy that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that works. Okay. And 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 I felt so guilty. It looks, 
it looks beautiful. I thought, oh, this, you know, really good game to go for. Yeah, because it's got all these nice cardboard tokens and things, but yeah. And, and then you unlock it, and it's a case of it's just not balanced at all, you know? No. Yeah, if you go for the rabbits, you just win. Just go trade, 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 done. Yeah. Win. Uh, and, and it's just nuclear proliferation of rabbits, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to to my to my co-hosts Thank here, you. Tom. Thank you. And Samuel. You're welcome. Uh, you, Tom, do you want to give out your um, contact details? How, how do people find you? Yes. So um, you find me on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. When I get round to remembering to use it at Redwell Games. Um, I'm also online at RedwellGames.co.uk and um, just search. For, um, you know, our games are six-gun showdown and vote me if you want to. That's a bit of a plug. <laughs> and Samuel, thank you for joining me again. As usual, it's been good, thank good you. talking to you both. Uh, we're, yeah. we're Sheffield Board Gamers. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. The forum is www.sheffieldboardgamers.com. And if you want to play some games in, your, in or near Sheffield, come and say hello and play some games with us. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you again next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now.